Thank you, Amanda. That was awesome. Now, I do have to clarify the fact that uh, we're seven years without a dog, and uh, I said we wouldn't get another dog because I didn't want to have to go through losing another animal. So I'm a bit of a wuss, really. Um, but that's okay. How are you all going tonight? I had to come up from that side tonight because this side of the stage is filled up with furniture. And um, I don't know whether or not you've... Um, no, but our church is helping a lady in need from the, flood, from the floods and she had two um, floods go through a home and then a fire burned it down just before she was moving back in. And so um, the, um, Amanda's principal and school asked if we could help as a church and uh, we said we'd jump in and do our bit. And uh, Gordon and Isabel and their two Aramax vans and our van flew off to Harvey Bay yesterday and um, nearly needed a fourth van. Um, but uh, we've got so much stuff coming in. The backstage is full. The back hall is starting to fill up. And someone came in on, on Thursday and said, um, we're leaving to go travelling and we've got a house full of furniture. Um, we want to donate. Can you come and get it? Uh, so, you know, we're going to let the Shay have a look and take what she wants to take and then we'll um, uh, sell the rest and have a fun there for the next time we need it uh, for people who are in need, So, which will be really awesome. So... Are you ready for tonight? Are you excited about tonight? So I've got to put that over there because that's, um, I ripped it off a leg of a chair the other day. So, so I won't lose it. It's really different. Sometimes when I'm, um, when I'm preaching, I'm, I'm a bit of a faith preacher, so I tell lots of stories about things and um, stories about my life and about the journey that I've been on and my family's been on and um, all of those sort of things. But uh, God is showing me that there's other ways as well. And so tonight is one of those other ways. So tonight there is no stories of Graham um, and his family and all of those things. So um, sorry to disappoint you about that. So I could give you a story. What could I think? about now I haven't got time and um, haven't got time to do that tonight but what I wanted to do was in the theme of talking about people of influence I want to um, share about some women in the Bible and if you're online tonight and you're watching put in the comments um, one, or, one or two of the women you think I'm going to speak about tonight so anyone got any thoughts about any of the women that I'm going to speak about tonight give me some names Esther, Esther? Ruth Deborah Mary, Eve, Mary Magdalene, Sarah, Martha. Anyone else? You've got most of them. You've got the, some of the ones I'm speaking about. There's a lot more that you haven't said yet. Uh, you can, no, you can't answer. Rahab. Yes, yeah, she's mentioned in there as well. But let's get started. Okay, so I'm going to just do a bit of a, I'm just going to, what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to give you a, a taste of these women's lives and, um, and what I believe their influence can be on us as a church and our, for our community and then go home and look them up and have a read about their life and start seeing that there are some incredible women in the Bible who do some incredible stuff. From great military heroes to prophets, there are many important figures in the Bible who are recognised for their strength and character. While many think of men first when it comes to these strong figures, there are many, many important women in the Bible who inspire and influence us. Not only because of how they lived, but also because of their rock-solid faith in some very uncertain and tough circumstances. 
by definition, a strong woman, a woman is fearless when it comes to facing hard situations. They are confident in who they are and what they believe. And tonight, their example will influence us to be fearless, courageous, and amazing influencers. Here are a few of the most important women in the Bible and what we can learn about influence. Are you ready to go? Strap your seatbelts on because we're going to get started. Mary, the mother of Jesus. I put her down tonight as a humble, obedient influencer. Mary of Nazareth, the mother of Jesus, commonly referred to as Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary is one of the most admired figures in Scripture and considered to be meant to, by many to be the greatest of all Christian saints. She was will, a willing servant who trusted God and obeyed his call. While her life was held in great honour, her calling also required great suffering. Though there was joy in motherhood, there was great pain in the privilege of being the mother of the Messiah. I think anyone can relate to that. The angel Gabriel told her of the unique role she would play in God's story. And while this certainly was frightening, Mary bravely embraced her calling and did what she was required to do. She responded to God with great obedience and submission to this plan. Mary was a humble, obedient servant. And if you want to read more about her, head over to Luke chapter 1 and have a look at her life. I think she's an incredible person to start with tonight. Who said Ruth? Good on you. Ruth, a faithful, persistent influencer. Ruth's story is captivating and challenging. She's a widow from an enemy nation with no prospects. Yet God moves so mightily in her story and uses it to encourage millions. At the beginning of the book of Ruth, she is living in her home in Moab, a place and people that the Israelites frowned upon. On top of that, she had lost her husband and was living with her widowed mother-in-law, and her husband died before they had a child. The pain Ruth must have been through was immense, and she didn't allow that her past to hold her back. Ruth showed remarkable faith for such a young believer, faith that there was still a purpose ahead for her, faith to believe that God was who he said he was, and faith to believe that God would provide for her and Naomi. Her bravery and faith and obedience can encourage us to be better followers of Jesus. And if you want to read about Ruth, go to chapter, read the four chapters in the book of Ruth. She's an amazing woman. You know, even against all odds, she decided to stay faithful to the plan that God had for her life and walk through it regardless. She was a faithful, persistent influencer. We can learn so much from these women in the Bible tonight. And sometimes I think, um, you know, if, if you first start off thinking about all the, the people who influence in the Bible, you do think of men straight up. But, you know, we are blessed as a church. We have lots of strong, confident women um, who work in our, our church. 50% of our church pastoral leadership team is made up of women. 25% of our board is made up of women. And we have women who got our op shop started, women running our op shop. We have women in prayer meetings. We have women doing so much in our church. I think that the influence that women can bring into our, into our churches and in our, into our lives is an amazing influence. And, you know, I, I was doing a little bit of a read today um, where it says, you know, women should be quiet in church. Women should sit and 
women should whatever in Timothy it says all those things and I, I had a bit of a read and through my 22 minutes of, um, of theological training that I did um, on, that, um, on that subject I realised that that was a letter to one church it was a letter to one church um, and maybe at that time in that church things weren't really great and they needed to be talked to it wasn't across the board throughout the church or else there'd be no influential women that I'd be speaking about tonight. So in my eyes and in this church, women are valued, women are amazing, they are influencers, they can grab the mic and preach and prophesy and speak till their hearts are content. It's not just about men, it's about the influences of women in our church and in this place as well. Amen. I'll finish there. Awesome stuff. What about Esther? We'll talk about Esther. Esther, a courageous, a courageous, fragrant influencer. Why did I call her a fragrant influencer? Because she must have had an, a smell about her, an aura about her, who drew her to the king. And you know, as people, um, as people in church, if we want to be influencers, we want to be an, a good fragrance, don't we? We want people to be drawn to us because um, of who they see and what we are. A courageous, fragrant influencer, a young Jewish girl living among, living um, per, um, among the Persians, found herself queen of an empire when a plot was revealed to destroy, to destroy all of the Jews. Esther is an inspiring story about a remarkable woman who was willing to risk her life to save her people. Wow, what an, what an awesome young woman. She was a young lady of principle who was willing to put the lives of others ahead of her own life. She was an outstanding example of serving others even under the most stressful circumstances. Esther's defining moment came when, um, when, when we... Um, Esther's defining moment came when, we made, when, when everything was put above her, her own principles and what she wanted in her life. I mucked up my writing there. Esther shows us the way we can make a difference and we can be an inspiring example. Esther was a woman God had prepared for such a time as this to save his people. You can read all about Esther in the 10 chapters of Esther, but what an incredible young woman. This wasn't a seasoned um, woman who had... Uh, 25, 30 years of ministry experience behind her and seven or eight children um, and all of that experience. She was a young girl who'd been torn away from her family and was living with her uncle and her uncle put her in there to do something incredibly difficult and she rose to the challenge as a young teenage woman to do what she was called to do. And if we want to be an influencer in our community, in our churches and where we go, we have to be ready to say, God, I'm ready for such a time as this. Whether I'm 6, 16, 60 or 106, I'm ready to be the fragrance of you in this place and do what I'm called to do. Now here's one that you didn't say, Miriam. I chose Miriam. I thought she was pretty awesome. Miriam was a prophetess. She helped to save Moses when he was only an infant. Moses' mother left him in a basket to protect him from being murdered by Pharaoh due to uh, being a Jewish baby boy. Pharaoh's daughter found Moses and had mercy on him and Miriam devoted herself to Pharaoh's daughter in order to raise him so that they could remain together. We can credit Miriam with instilling Moses with a devotion to the Lord um, that manifested itself in latter days. 
This enabled openness to divine encounters with the one true God and his moral conscience which guided Israel all the way to the promised land. And you can read all about that in Exodus 2 through to 15. What an amazing woman to think so quickly to be able to say, I'm going to jump in and do this and stand there and just do that and look after this boy to bring him through so that he can do something amazing. You know, sometimes as influencers, um, we need to be prophetic in the way that we think and wise in the way that we speak and the things that we do. You know, there's opportunities that come our way all the time and it's a matter of a split second sometimes whether we say yes or no. It's a split second whether we say yes or no. We get opportunities come past our door as pastors every day of the week and you have to make decisions right there and then because they might move on to the next person and we may miss something that God would have for us. So we have to be wise and prophetic in the way that we, um, we do things. And even as a church, we have to do that. And Miriam's a great example of that. Who said Deborah? Ah, uh, yes, that's right, Charlene, Deborah. She is a strong, influential influencer. What an amazing story this is, this woman is. The season of judges was a tumultuous one for Israel. Deborah was the only named female judge during this time. Wow, what, a, what an incredible thing to say. She was the only female judge during this time. She aggressively pulled on the moral bridle of Israel to return to worship of the one true God and ruthlessly purified the nation of evil and those who were interested in keeping Israel spiritually complacent and under slavery to the Canaanites. Deborah's reign brought 40 years of peace to Israel, as we read in Judges chapter 5. 40, year, 40 years is a long time. A whole generation had peace because of one godly woman and her behaviour. And you can read all about her in Judges 4 and 5. What an incredible call upon her life. One woman brought 40 years of peace and she stood up um, in, a, in a man's world, in a man's world and said, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Can you imagine what she would have been like? I don't know whether she would have been a timid, meek, shy, stand back sort of woman. But I tell you what, in this situation, she was certainly not someone you wanted to mess with. She was not someone that you would want to mess with. And she took the job of what she did seriously. And she dragged them out of complacency and brought them back to the place that they needed to be. If you want someone, uh, you want to pray that spirit into you. I tell you what, I want to be an influencer, a strong person like that. I want to be a strong. Now, now look, all of these women, not all of them, as the men, they're not all perfect. We're not all perfect in what we do. But I tell you what. That's an influence, influential influencer right there. What about Elizabeth? I call her a persistent, encouraging influencer. The ability to bear children is a the inability to bear children is a common theme in the Bible. In ancient times, barrenness was considered a disgrace. But time and again, we see these women having great faith in God, and God rewards them with a child. Elizabeth was such a woman, but she had a husband, Zachariah, and he was old, and they were both past childbearing years, yet she conceived through the grace of God. Just as the angel foretold Elizabeth, she conceived. While she was pregnant, Mary, the expectant mother of Jesus, visited her. The baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy on hearing Mary's voice. Elizabeth gave birth to her, to her son, 
who became John the Baptist, the prophet who foretold the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you want to read about her, go and have a look in Luke 1. I think she was a mentoring influencer too, because where did Mary go, the mother of Jesus? Straight to Elizabeth. And I'm sure that she would have talked her through a lot of stuff that, that was going on in her world right then. But how incredible. They were past the age of childbirth, but she persisted and she prayed and she ended up giving birth to John the Baptist. Wow, how incredible is that? Did anyone say Rachel? Oh, okay, Rachel's another one. A faithful, loving influencer. The marriage of Rachel in the Bible was one of the most captivating episodes recorded in the book of Genesis, a story of love triumphing over lies. Rachel stood by her husband during her father's deception and every indication was that Jacob loved her deeply. Rachel gave birth to Joseph, one of the most important figures of the Old Testament, who saved the nation of Israel during famine. She also bore Benjamin and was a faithful wife to Jacob. And you can read all about her in Genesis 29 through to 31. You know, what strikes me amazingly about women is that men can't give birth. Men can't have babies. We help, but we can't give birth. And so all of these great men and women of God were birthed through a woman. A praying loving, kind, caring, compassionate woman. You talk about people who all the time, praying grandmothers. How many people do you hear that are drug addicts um, on the streets and say, I had a praying grandmother? Don't often hear them saying a praying grandfather. I had a praying grandmother. I had a praying mum who never gave up on me. You know, I tell you what, women are an amazing influence in our community and we need to value them more and more. Rachel. What about Hagar? I call her the forgiving servant-hearted influencer. What an, what an amazing story. These, these people, I'm just giving you a little taste of who they are. Hagar means stranger. She was from Egypt, never fully accepted into the tribe. Hagar's story is that nothing is impossible with God. God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and when Sarah couldn't have a baby, she looked for ways to make it happen. How, how often do we do that? We, we, uh, we can't see God's plan. Oh, we don't know how this will unfold. So we look at trying to do it another way. Let's just let God work it out. He knows what he's doing. She did not trust in God enough to leave the matter in his hands. Sarah was unable to bear children, so she offered her servant to Abraham. And when Hagar became pregnant, Sarah grew jealous and threw her out of their home. And an angel found her alone in the desert. The angel promised a blessing on her child, naming him Ishmael, which means God hears. Hagar returned to Abraham's household 14 years later, and Sarah bore her own son and again forced Hagar and Ishmael to leave. They returned to the desert, again to the desert, and God again heard their cries. They survived and prospered. Ishmael fathered a great nation as God had promised. Hagar represents women in the Bible who are excluded and despised. And I tell you what, to go through all of that and still be an influence in the Bible, she deserves a medal in my books. And you can read all about her in Genesis 16 and 21. Let's have a look at Hannah. Hannah, a woman who was distraught because the Lord had closed her womb. To make matters worse, her husband's second wife 
um, did have children and used it to provoke, provoke her. Understandably distressed, Hannah prayed for a son, promising to return him to the Lord for his sovereign purposes. God answered Hannah's prayer through the birth of Samuel, whom he anointed to become prophet, priest and judge over Israel. Hannah re reveals the influence of women who faithfully pray. Because Hannah, Hannah's love for God exceeded her love for his gift, she is the example worth following. And you can read all about her in 1 Samuel 1 and 2. Hannah was a faithful, obedient influencer, a prayerful, obedient influencer, an amazing person that we should follow. Now here's one you may not hear a lot about. I'll give you a little clue. Her name starts with G. Anyone got anything they could think of? Um, oh, it's a fairly long name and I had to go to, um, to uh, Google to get her name spelt the right way. Um, and her name is spelt Jehoshabah. Jehoshabah. Has anyone ever heard of Jehoshabah? J-H-O-S-H-E-B-A. A brave, self-sacrificing influencer. Jehoshaphat was the daughter of King Joram. Jehoshaphat saved her nephew while he was an infant. Her nephew was the, the Prince Joasher, who was to be massacred by the Queen Mother. Joasher's survival enabled the line of David and consequently the line of Jesus. Jehoshaphat's bravery played a critical role in the possibility of the coming of Christ. God works through a faithful devotion to fulfill his purpose under difficult circumstances. And you can read about her in 2 Kings 11. What an amazing, quick-thinking, amazing woman she was. You know, the queen was out to kill this guy, and so she took him and hid him and, and did what she needed to do, probably risking her own life. Um, to, to make sure that he stayed alive for the purposes that God had for him. Wow, God used some amazing women in the Bible along the way. You can read all about her in 2 Kings. The woman at the well is one of my favourite stories, a changed, forgiven influencer. This woman at the well had a sad story with a sad past. She'd done some bad stuff. That's why she went to the well in the heat of the day. She wanted to avoid the other women who gossiped about her. Are you doing okay? Is everyone doing okay? You're doing fine? Oh, awesome. I'm doing okay as well, actually. So, yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> she went where no one else was at the well, except the day she went there, she found Jesus. Jesus was tired from his long journey and was resting by the well when the woman arrived. When the woman started to draw water, he said, give me a drink. And how is it that you, a Jew, asked for a drink from a Samaritan woman? Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. And his words confused her. Could she dare to hope that this man was truly different? Maybe he could give her something that would take away her emptiness and shame. But then Jesus asked her about her past, revealing he knew everything. How could he know? Was Jesus a prophet? She began to ask him question. questions. This broken woman could feel her heart start to rise up. Her thoughts swirled. Was she really speaking with the Messiah? She had to go and get others. The woman went into town and brought those she had avoided to hear Jesus. Soon they too believed Jesus was the Messiah they'd been waiting for. A revival broke out in the town and Jesus stayed for many days. And you can read all about that in John 4. 
That story fascinates me every time I read it. A despised woman who had slept with, done things that she shouldn't done, was isolated away from everybody, had to go to the well on her own and was not welcome with all the other women when they went there to have their little gossip sessions or whatever they were doing, was able to have one encounter with Jesus, one encounter with Jesus at the well and go back into her city and influence women to follow her back to meet Jesus. Well, how did that happen? What did they see? They saw the living Jesus in a woman. They must have seen something in her that completely changed her life. They must have seen something in her because it was only a matter of walking back from the well to the town. She didn't have time to do three years of Bible college. She didn't have time to go back and apologise to them for all that she'd done. She didn't have time to do a theological course on the way back. She didn't even know what she was doing. She, oh, she probably wasn't even baptised. <gasps> but she started a mini revival in her own city and women came out and were influenced by her probably some of the women that she'd slept with their husbands how crazy is that what an amazing influencer she is getting to the end nearly Lois and Eunice the faithful prayerful influences. Lois was either Eunice's mother or mother-in-law, I'm not sure. The fact that she helped raise Timothy may indicate that Timothy's father had died. Perhaps that's one reason God included the faithful influences of Timothy's mother and grandmother in the, his word. They only get a couple of verses in there. Choosing to trust God rather than dwelling on the different difficult circumstances, Lois and Eunice raised Timothy to love and fear the Lord. And God demonstrates his faithfulness in seemingly hopeless circumstances through women who have put their hope in him. I wonder if these two women ever imagined their beloved son would one day be discipled by the Apostle Paul and lead the church in Ephesus. Lois and Eunice remind us that seemingly impossible circumstances simply provide a more dramatic backdrop for the display of God's glory. Lois and Eunice are examples of the powerful influence a mother or grandmother can have on a young person's life. They are definitely examples to follow. And if you want to read about them, head over to 1 Timothy. This little girl fascinates me. Who do you think she is? Who? The servant girl of Naaman, Naaman's maidservant. A, care, a, caring, prayer, uh, a caring, powerful influencer. Probably not yet in her teens, Naaman's maidservant was captured and taken to Syria during the reign of Joram. Although living in a foreign land and serving people who may have killed her family, she demonstrated a sincere desire to serve her master well. The Hebrew child had clearly been taught that God's hand was on her life. She exercised her own simple faith and testified to God's power to heal leprosy, which resulted not only in the miracle of the saving of her master's life, but in his introduction to the power of the God of Israel. This young, maid, sir, this 
This young captive maidservant was responsible for introducing her pagan master to the God of Israel. She became an effective channel for one of the most significant miracles in the Old Testament. Her example illustrates the capacity of even young children to remember and obey wholeheartedly what God has told them to do. You can read all about her in 2 Kings 5. What an amazing story. A young girl captured, taken away from her family. You know, she was probably running to hide and was swooped up by a soldier onto the back of a horse. And who knows what she saw as she was um, taken away. Maybe her family were killed in front of her eyes. Do you know if that was me and I was taken and Naaman was there and he had leprosy, I'd be going, That's pretty. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think I'd just be sitting there going, drop dead. This is awesome. But she didn't. She knew her God was bigger than that. And she knew that her God could heal him. And even in her own pain and in her own suffering, she cared enough as an influencer to talk to Naaman and get him healed and connected with God. What an amazing young influencer that young girl was probably one of my favorite stories out of all of them the bible wholeheartedly affirms the value of women and the influence they are on our world today these god-fearing women may live may have lived in completely different societies and times than us but we can learn a great deal about influence from them they influence us to be obedient to be humble to be brave, to be faithful, to be courageous, to be defining, to be wise, to be loving, to be prayerful, to be a strong in our influence, to be persistent, to be contagious, to be caring, be fragrant, be encouragers, be forgiving, be the change and be who you are called to be. And I think tonight as we look at all of those guys, we are so blessed that, that we have a, a Bible full of women that we can follow their example and a church full of women as well. Thank you for correcting me there. So as it says in Hebrews um, 11, and what more shall I say? I haven't, this is my version of this. So this is Graham chapter 11, if you want to take it that way. So, but I'm taking the words out of Hebrews 11. And what more shall I say? I haven't got time to mention Mary who took expensive ointment and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Or Yael the heroine who delivered Israel from the army of King Jabin who killed him by driving a tent peg through his skull after he entered her tent. Lydia, or Lydia, the first converted believer after the resurrection, a successful businesswoman who was pivotal in spreading the name of Jesus. Or what about Anna, the prophet, who after her husband died, spent until she was 84 in the temple, she never left but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Or Priscilla, who was a powerful church leader in the book of Acts, she and her husband established and held church in their home, mentoring people and loving the poor. Or what about Marla, Noah, Hogala, Micah and Trizar, the daughters of Zedlophahad? Have you ever heard of them? Well, you have now. Marla, Noah, Hogala, Micah and Trizar, the daughters of Zedlophahad, the contagious, 
Their contagious faith ushered in protective rights for women. They approached Moses after their father had died with no sons. They requested what was rightfully their share to be passed to them, and their request was granted. Other prominent women include Sarah, Rebecca, Noah's wife, Leah, Holder, the prophetess, Abigail, who married David, Rahab, Asher, who dared to ask for land, and Martha. And the list goes on. And tonight, as we close, what an amazing list of influences that we have to look up to tonight. And if we can be half of what they are, if we can start to believe that we can be obedient, that we can be humble, that we can be brave and faithful and contagious and start to be defining in the things that God wants us to do and be wise and loving and prayerful and strong in our influence in our community and be persistent in the things that God has for us and be contagious. There's nothing worse than walking into a church that's dead, dull and boring. Oh, I just want to leave and go somewhere else. I don't want to be in a place where no one wants to be. I want to be a place where it's alive and it's buzzing and there's stuff going on and there's kids running around and there's youth all over the place and we're having coffee and there's mess and there's music and there's life and there's the Holy Spirit. That's the church that I want to be in. That's what will draw people through the doors of our church and they won't want to leave. They won't want to leave. I've been in many churches over the years that I've wanted to leave that I've wanted to leave but I believe God is setting us up as a church and as individuals to change a nation we want to be fragrant in Australia we want to be fragrant in the things that we do we want to be wise about how we do it we want to be faithful we don't want to just start something and finish it oh there's nothing worse than yes we want to do something awesome and you know I see people who come to me and go yeah let's do this yeah no worries and then three weeks later it's finished it's over we need to be faithful in the things that we do we need to be loving and prayerful and strong in the things that we do. I know one thing for sure that I've seen over the years that the, the Lions Club and the Rotary Club deal with people better than we do. Someone does something wrong in your church, we bash them over the head. The Lions and the Rotary Club, they take their mates out to the pub and have a beer and talk about it. We just bash people over the head and kick them out the door. Let's not be that church. Let's be an influence that changes people's lives. Oh, your kids are off the rails. Oh, you mustn't be walking with Jesus. Oh, your marriage is busted up. Well, sorry, when your marriage is right, come back. How often have you seen it? Things aren't going the right way. Oh, your finances are out of order. You mustn't be tithing enough. We go straight for people's throat. Let's be the church that loves, has an influence to care about people and brings people in and goes, you are hurting, let's help you fix it. You are doing tough, you're doing a tough, let's love on you. Let's, and, and with no return, with no return sometimes. We need to be contagious, we need to be fragrant, we need to be encouragers and we need to be forgiven. And you know, we were talking about that in our pastoral leadership team um, on, Friday, on, on last Wednesday, how we need to have each other's backs. 
You know, we need to be able to know that we care about each other, we love each other, and you know, we're all not perfect. And, and due to contrary belief, and you can pie me if you want to, I am not perfect. I can guarantee you I am far from perfect. I don't mind putting that online there. You can leave it up there. I am not perfect. Pretty close. No, 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 I'm joking. Far from perfect. Far from perfect. Absolutely. But Jesus in me is perfect. Jesus in me is perfect. And you know what? We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to mess up. We're all going to have things that are going to come against us. And we need to get around people and love them and forgive them and encourage them and be the fragrance of Jesus in their life. You know, at the present moment, our church is filled up with furniture. We could go, oh, I can't get up the side of the church over there because it's too full of furniture. Well, thank you, Jesus, that we're being fragrant influences in our community. Oh, I'm a little bit tired from going and picking up furniture or mowing someone's yard or driving around or cooking a meal. Well, you're being a fragrance in our community. And these women teach us under extreme circumstances. Let's be the influence. Let's be the change. Let's be who we were called to be. And let's not just be a church of um, men or a church of women, but a church of people who influence this community, this nation, for Jesus Christ. And that's what my heartbeat is. So tonight... <laughs> that, so tonight, as we close, and you can come up, Jess, I'm finished. As we close tonight, I want you to think about what influence can you have this week? Can you be an influence in someone's life? Can you get alongside someone? Can you be a mentor like Elizabeth? Can you be strong for someone? Can you be decisive? Can you be wise? Can you encourage someone? What can you do this week to be an influence? Because in 2022, the year of influence, it's already starting to happen. We've been on the Channel 7 News. We've been in the paper. We've had people coming to us asking for help. We've got things in front of us that, um, that we're having to consider. Our influence is growing. And like I said, I don't want to be the zero doing nothing in 2022. And so this week, what is it that you can do? This week, how can you be an influencer? And look forward to next week when we have Glennis speaking about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, which will be awesome. So tonight, as we, as we close... If you need prayer for anything tonight, if you're feeling um, overwhelmed, if you're feeling like you can't be an influence, if you're feeling like you're struggling, then tonight you just come forward and someone will come and pray with you and believe that you can be the greatest influence in this nation that you could ever be. Next Friday night, you can come down, have a coffee in here, buy someone a coffee, sit in the cafe influence the people who own the cafe, influence families, influence stuff that's going on all around us. All it is is a little bit of time and a listening ear and caring for a few people. What can you do this week to influence somebody? So let's stand and sing as we close tonight.